Warning, the following episode contains adult language and screaming goats. Listener discretion is advised. The Pinball Network is online. Launching The Pinball Show. Pinball is a game of skill. For some, it's a passion and a lifestyle. It's time for The Pinball Show. It's Pinball with Personality. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Pinball Show, episode 28, and we are your hosts, Zach Minnie and Dennis Creasel from the Eclectic Gamers Podcast. Dennis, how in the hell are you, my friend? I'm doing good. We've almost made it to episode 30, and then we can end. What? Why 30? It's a round number, but not a popular one. I don't know. Dirty 30. If only we were popular, Zach. Speaking of popularity, we are a certified hit. Certified fresh by the tomato people. The critics have spoken, and we're a hit. So this last week, we did a, uh, a giveaway to thank our viewers and listeners for tuning in each and every week. And I knew we'd get a decent response because people like free shit, right? But Well, I didn't think we'd get that many, but... <laughs> it just shows what I what I know. Which well, you is know what much. we we asked for support and our beautiful, wonderful, loving listeners. They showed up and they showed up big, baby. That, that's true. Uh, and what really impressed me was how many didn't just like write one sentence. Right. I was waiting for reviews that I, I just want the fucking banner. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, people don't. It's it can be annoying to go write reviews, yeah. especially detailed ones. So absolutely. So at this point, at the at this recording, the pinball show now sits atop the Twip DB, the Twip Promoters Database, the Twip Promoters Database. We now sit atop. So thank you to all of the listeners that went in and reviewed our show. Uh, it was very much appreciated. I loved reading all the feedback that people gave us. I'll have to catch. I've read them all through September 3rd, but I haven't gone recently. Man, we got another 20 or so after that. (sighs) Okay. Well, I will read them because. And we did update the. People took the time to write them. We updated the summary on there as well. That's true. I saw you uh, send a note to uh, Jeff and Will with uh, This Week in Pinball. Yeah. So we got that. Not only that, ladies and gentlemen, we are now the most reviewed pinball podcast on iTunes. That's interesting. Just interesting. That's it. Well, I haven't read those like at all, so maybe they're bad. I don't know. Eh, they're more mixed. I'm not gonna lie. Well, more hey, mixed. Mixed, mixed is fair. It's mixed. You want to give? You want to do fair review? Or at least I believe that. No, you know what? Side note. No, some of those are just downright not fair at all. Well, That's bullshit. The, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not judging them. I haven't read them. So I'm judging them. Two well, stars. Yes. These people don't know what we want. They keep force feeding us all of these shows. We have separate RSS feeds. Dick. Maybe he wrote it before they, or she wrote it before we had the separate RSS feeds. I looked at the timestamps, damn it. Maybe we need to better promote the separate RSS feeds. I'll think about putting another blast out. You know, our most popular separate RSS feed is Silverball Chronicles. Interesting. I'm not too surprised at that, actually, because I'm not surprised at it no. because there are probably a good amount of people that aren't really interested in the current event stuff, and like the it's our only history show, so mm-hmm. so it's like if you only want that, why why not go through? Plus, they do a pretty good job, I think, promoting their own RSS feed. My 
guess would be final round as the second one. I, I'll have to double check. I think you're right, though. Yeah, because there are very specified types of mm. shows there. Yeah, that one's about rounds and being finalized and, and hearing all their great sponsors. And Aussies. There's that, but there's also Canadians. You Don't forget our northern brethren. I, they just feel like one of us at this point. No, they don't. Speaking of Canadians, mm. I believe uh, Joe C., friend of the show, is Canadian. Isn't Joe I think C? you're correct, but yeah. all the nationalities blend together in our eclectic pot of pinball people. We are the world. Don't sing. We got an email being so happy that you didn't sing on the last episode. And it it warmed my little heart. It grew three sizes bigger that day. (laughs) Josie, friend of the show, I I want to offer a correction uh, because I I was teasing and poking last episode and said something to the effect of, Josie, I know you gave that one two-star review. I see you out there. Uh, I was incorrect. It wasn't our buddy Josie that did the two-star review review saying they needed less many and more crazy it was not him <laughs> to be fair his review is a little mixed towards me so it's easy to see how i blended them but well, you are controversial my full apologies to josie because that was not correct i have a correction as well what i actually had two people contact me oh, i was really? incorrect when i told you that steve ritchie had never done a comic book pinball machine <gasps> and they both said what what about superman dennis when I was listening back, I thought the same thing. I was like, how did Dennis miss Superman? Atari. Well, uh, yeah, that's extra embarrassing because I owned it. So I, <laughs> I don't know how I missed it. Uh, I did take comfort in that you are so ignorant of such things that you weren't ever going to catch me. You're in big trouble, though, pal. I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. <laughs> you eat pieces of shit for breakfast? No. So I, there was that. I did uh, during I, it. I would also say, though, you could also s- cite me for missing Spider-Man, though not everyone who wrote in agreed because they felt he did that off of the movie, and so that could still count as not a comic book. No, it's a cop-out. It's just, it, no, no. Oh, and, and yeah, I was like, no, but it's based on, I mean, the movie's based on a comic book. So we said comic book, not superheroes, right? I don't remember. I don't either. I think I said, I think I said, com- I don't remember. But I would say Spider-Man and Superman both would be legitimate suggestions of Steve Ritchie's played in the comic realm. Okay. Or superhero realm. So, I'm fine with that. So I, I was wrong. So let it be known. Let Aww. it be written. Dennis was wrong. I hate your soundboard. I've decided. Why do you hate my soundboard? It's great. I think it, it will lead us down a dark path, which will forever dominate our destiny. That was a movie reference. Dude, look, with the whole movie references, I'm over here. I'm scripting. Like I'm running a show. I'm movies. trying to, I'm I'm trying to produce. To I got a mixer I'm here. I'm, I've got my so, audio so, levels. So, so what about the giveaway? I think I'm gonna the, catch you were given this. a banner. Oh, yeah, that's right. We are going to give away this banner right here, right now, randomly. Random.org. <laughs> we're going to go to that. And we're going to give away a banner to a lucky reviewer. And people keep, keep reviewing because I thought this. I thought it might be fun in the future to uh to go back to this and maybe look to see without announcing a need to go review the show on there maybe we just take the reviews that are there and do a giveaway and don't give people a heads up so continue to review mm. but until then somebody is about to get a turtles banner Toitles. we need to figure out how to give an avengers banner away here soon too Ooh, do you have those yet stay tuned i do not have those yet but they are on order all right ladies and gentlemen the winner of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Stern Pinball Banner is... Oh, who's it going to be? 
Is it gonna be you? No, it's not you. It's Kevin Elliott. Congratulations, Kevin. Kevin submitted a very nice review, Dennis, uh, and he did emails to say so. He also said, wow, you guys sure know how to get someone to do what you want. Well done. I've never submitted a review before, but geez, TMNT banner, totally worth the time. And honestly, your show is freaking great. Love the deals of the week. Please bring back Dick of the Week. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. Are you jelly? Din Din? Did you want that banner? No, I I told you on the last episode, I don't know where I'd put such a huge thing. That's what she said. <laughs> oh my God. That's why they love my show. <laughs> Feel free to go back and pull a star from our review for that. <laughs> it was a well-implemented, that's what You'll she said. You'll still get your banner. You can, do, you can do this. Oh, man. So yeah, congratulations for the banner. Um, probably reach out to me. And give me your, your address and stuff like that so I can mail you flyers and six by eights and all that kind of stuff. And you know what? Look, well, let's get into the pin. We got a lot of pinball news, but before we do that, damn it, I want to give away something else, Dennis. <gasps> Thank you very much, Miss Lippy. We had such a great response from all of you wonderful people that I am also going to give away out of these reviewers. Your second chance here, people. They've already tuned us off. But you're going to get a Stern Pinball brand new product. It's a a glass cover for your pinball machine. It's really nice, uh, rubber mat. Let's give away one of those to one of these reviewers since you guys did such a phenomenal job. Ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the test cover is... Sean Ledgerwood. Congratulations, Sean, on the pinball glass cover. Congratulations to you as well. Whoop, whoop! Sean submitted a review on the TwipDB site. Left a five-star review. Thank you, my friend. And Dennis, he also said, he emailed us and said, as a Canadian listener, I'm hoping that you let a screaming goat draw the winner, as I'm starting to think that Dennis isn't a fan of Canadians. With his less than positive comments regarding Craig Bobby, David Dennis, and to a lesser extent, Jeff Tielis, I likely have a poor chance if Dennis is allowed to draw the winner. Winky, willing to cover shipping if I win. Open up your wallet, Sean. <sighs> I'm exhausted, and I didn't do anything. And last but not least, we'll also be giving away a free goat from Canada. <laughs> I'm giving away. Or be donated his goat. Yeah, Layer, Luke, or whatever, whatever those are. <laughs> We're giving it away. Not, not little Annie. <laughs> I did uh, <laughs> full confessional. I text Orby the other night. <laughs> it's like one in the morning, and I. I don't know. I was just—I oh was fired up. I don't know what I was doing, but I texted him. I might have had a few. I texted him and said, "Hey, buddy, hope all is well. Next time you're around that goat, Leia, go on and slap dead ass for me." Oh, Jesus! <laughs> he, I uh, saw. I seen that he'd seen it, but he didn't reply till the next day. <laughs> it's time for TPN Industry News. Oh, snap! Thanos arrives in the Stern Pinball Universe! Hey everyone, Craig here again, the Pinball Show's Stern News Correspondent. And just like that, the pinball world held its collective breath as Stern Pinball snapped their marketing fingers Thanos-style with their second cornerstone title of 2020. And no, it ain't Godzilla, and sorry, no Jaws either. Yes, hot on the heels of their extremely successful Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles launch, 
Western doubles down on the always popular artist Zombie Yeti and pairs him once again with Pinball's God of Thunder designer Keith Elwin for what looks like another surefire winner in Marvel's Avengers Infinity Quest. Featuring more ramps and loops than a Six Flag amusement park, this title is so jam-packed full of hardware and gorgeous Zombie Yeti art that you hardly know where to begin. Well, how about let's start with Three Flippers, an interactive Doctor Strange spinning kinetic sling ring disc with dual direction velocity detection, a gravity defying Avengers tower magnetic lock ramp with gravitational very target and magnetic hold, which captures pinballs in midair. Oh, and then there's the bingo grid three target drop bank, a Thor captive ball, a Hulk spinning target, and a custom metal wire form ramp. Then, on the premium LE version, you get the same interactive Doctor Strange motorized disc, but which now raises to a pop disc scoop, transporting pinballs into an underground portal, a visible subway capable of holding and staging up to three balls through custom playfield windows accentuated with dynamic RGB lighting effects. These models also include a custom sculpted Thanos Infinity Gauntlet integrated with atmospheric light up gems, a Captain Marvel inverse gravity custom wireform ramp, and a PIM Laboratories vertical up kicker. Woo! Not to mention Zombie Yeti's gorgeous Marvel Avengers theme art literally covering every inch of the entire damn playfield. And on top of that, Stern made a second marketing move announcing the official release of the game's topper, side blade art, infinity gem shooter knob, and various other game accessories on the same day of this release, finally putting it all together in what can only be described as a cavalcade of pinball awesomeness. Even Den Den himself will be hard pressed to say something negative about this release, and fans screaming for more have certainly got their wish with this stern title. And yes, I'm saying this already, the Avengers Infinity Quest, or AIQ, will sure to be a very strong contender for a Twippy Game of the Year. Could Elwin 3-peat? We shall wait and see. For the Pinball Show, I'm Craig Bobby. Catch you on the flip side. Hi, this is Ken Rudberg with your Jersey Jack update. Last week, Jersey Jack posted a new video on Facebook, which was a tour of the new Jersey Jack pinball factory for a small boy named Leo who had written a letter into Jersey Jack. He and his family met with Pat Lawler and some of the crew, and it looked like it was a great time. But what it really revealed was the state of the new Jersey Jack factory in Elk Grove Village, Illinois. I recommend checking it out for the views of the factory, including multiple shots of the lines, part storage, and stacks of Wonka playfields. It really shows how far the factory has come after the move from New Jersey and any COVID-related slowdowns. Jersey Jack also posted an ad for Dialed In and Willy Wonka on the Facebook page, which in itself is not so unusual. But this particular ad included the phrase, Oh, won't you please take me home? Another not-so-subtle reference to Guns N' Roses, which seems to put to rest any questions about which title is next. For the Pinball Show, this has been Ken Rudberg with your Jersey Jack update. Chris Chandler here, breaking out of my news coma to bring you the latest about Deep Root. We heard via This Week in Pinball's July Twip Talk that Deep Root will finally reveal their wares in September. While I'm not at liberty to discuss specifics just yet, I can confirm that I will be at an event at the Deep Root headquarters sometime in September. 
More details will be shared as we get closer to that date. Deep Roots Marketing Machine cranked up with a couple of interesting tidbits shared via their Facebook page. First, that cryptic message of stone and a partially completed set of numbers and letters has evolved. It now shows a green hand punching through that stone and the text 9, couple of spaces, 20, B dot D. I'm pretty confident the green fist belongs to Ned, the villain from Raza, and the 920 part refers to their launch date. Is BD before Deep Root? Given this is the third of five anticipated updates, we should know for sure pretty soon. The other interesting bit is that hashtag Hammer Time has evolved into the trademarked Hammer Tested. While many anticipated Robert's hammer-proof playfields would be covered in plastic or acrylic or something like that, Deep Root made a point to emphasize their playfields are WOOD in all caps. In classic Deep Root style, they're soliciting the general public to send them quotes from competitors, employees, forum members, and other playfield quality apologists that say dimpling, cracking, pooling, etc. are just simply unavoidable. It's clear that Deep Root plans on emphasizing playfield quality as a differentiator. This should get interesting as we get closer to launch. With your Deep Root update for the Pinball Show, this is Chris Chandler. And we're back with a SHIT, that's Spooky Haggis Industry Talk update from Dr. John on the Pinball Show. Been a little quiet in pinball, but suddenly everyone is announcing everything. So from the Haggis side, still waiting for quarantine restrictions to lift, but from the Spooky side, they had their first ever Spooky live video podcast this month, featuring Bug Charlie and David Van Ness, who's more commonly known as Bunyip. Most people may or might not know, Bunyip's been with the company since Rob Zombie as their chief animator for the Dot Matrix displays. They had some very interesting things to say on the podcast, including there's going to be another Alice Cooper upgrade soon to the code featuring more information about rooms and weapons availability to help you get through the monsters quicker. And I'm looking forward to that, so I don't have to keep referring to the map. The main thing they announced, however, was that Bunyip is the next spooky game designer. This is big news as it allows an Australian to be back in the pinball design scene. That hasn't happened for a while, not since Star Wars or Dennis Lilly's How's That? And for those who think they have, know that other Australian game was designed by a well-known pinball designer who would rather not put his name to it. So, I'm going to be chatting to David over the coming weeks just to find out a little bit about his preferences in game design. But of course, we won't know that title for about another year and a half when the production run of Rick and Morty is complete. Well, that's the news for this week. An exciting week in pinball news. Catch you all next week. Bye. Hey, this is Kaz with an American Pinball Update. American Pinball and Hot Wheels have teamed up with the IFPA for the Hot Wheels IFPA Live Streaming Challenge Series. It's going to be weekly challenges and also a high score challenge. It lasts until the end of the year. Check out IFPAPinball.com for all the details. Also, there's a new code update for Hot Wheels. It is version 20.09.01, so get that on your Hot Wheels. And also check out American Pinball's website for Labor Day sale. They have a lot of deals on some merchandise and additional items. Hope everybody has a great week playing pinball. For American Pinball, this is Brian Cosner. 
Well, you know, Zach, what I say, it's, it's always great to hear from the correspondents, though I have to admit, Craig, Bobby, I might have to have an intervention about the hazards of cocaine. Oh, it did sound like he was a bit jacked up there. A little, little bit of the excitement flowing through the blood. Maybe that's why he was hiding in the woods. He was building a treehouse. I thought he was picking mushrooms oh, in the forests that, of Sweden. That was shirtless with braided know, blonde I, hair. The, the clothing choices are in the Nordic lands are up to the visitor. Mikola. Yeah, he was hyped up, but who isn't for the new Stern Pinball announced Avengers Infinity Quest? No one, to my knowledge. I've only heard positive things thus far. There's got to be some negatives in there, but. Oh, um, I I found some, but. Oh, of course. But your prediction last week was I think this will be a game of the year three-peat by Keith Owen. And I I stand by that. I would too now if I were you. (laughs) If you were me, you would have stood by it before you even saw it. But we're not judging. Are we not? I am, but we are not. Uh, We know that the game was designed by Keith Elwin. Rules also designed the structure uh, by Keith Elwin. Artwork by Zombie Yeti. Lead programmer, always Keith Elwin's right-hand man, Rick Nagel. Rules and software work was actually also done by our friend Raymond Davidson. Yes, I'm interested in that. I, I... One of my, this is one of my personal things as well. I really like Keith Elwin's layouts. I actually don't put him at the top of the list for rules. Hmm. So I want to see what rain. I, I think they're good, but mm-hmm. like I still, I prefer Lyman Sheets's rules. So I want to see what Raymond maybe was able to influence and, and bring to the table. Because for me, I, I thought Elwin improved his rule set for Jurassic Park versus Iron Maiden. For mm-hmm. me, Iron Maiden is a wood chopper and that's not my favored style i don't think that's fair it probably isn't but that's kind of my take i think there's a brilliance to what keith elwin has brought to the rules of pinball machines Uh, there are tasks if you will and Mm -hmm. there's almost a map uh, that you can draw out and you don't have to take the same path every single time but there is a groove that you get into within that said map that keith elwin uh, creates and you end up kind of I, i I played the same way on Jurassic Park and Iron Maiden. So I kind of see where you're coming from. But Yeah, but that I mean that's true for like almost everyone gives you multiple paths now and people still end up kind of doing just the one thing. So I don't mm. see a uniqueness there. I like the idea that Elwin seems to have as a philosophy of I want you to be able to make progress to something no matter what shot you make. I like that. But like in Iron Maiden, there were limits to even that. Eventually, you know, shooting the left ramp isn't worth anything. So regardless, I'm just, I want, I'm always curious for the new. So Mm -hmm. I want to see if I can see Raymond's influence. Like if I, when I play this, will I be able to go and say, Oh, this is, this has to be a Raymond thing. This is so different from what Keith would do. I'm wondering if there's anything to that degree in there, or if it's going to be much more limited, like this is sort of Raymond's first game. His rules influence might not be as apparent. I don't know. We'll have to see. Maybe he'll say in some interviews. So (laughs) then I won't have to figure it out. I'll just know. (laughs) Very true. I like that Keith Elwin makes you shoot every part of that pinball machine. Yeah, no, it's, and again, everyone has their own preferences. A lot of competitive players that I know in the area, they love his rules. So I, I think I'm in the minority on it. It's just, but that, you know, that's my, that's just sort of my Sorry. stance. I was a bit distracted here, Dennis. My wife just walked in in a bathing suit asking me how it looks and uh, pretty phenomenal. I'm going to go with pretty phenomenal. Okay. 
Is it too skimpy? Um, where are you going to wear that? <laughs> it looks No, it looks really good. You can stay in here and give me something to look at if you want. Okay. She didn't want to stay in here. I'm really excited for our friend Raymond Davidson. I've been talking and chatting with him over the week, and he he is unbelievably thrilled about the work that everybody did on the team there for Avengers Infinity Quest. And I think he's excited to finally start showing what he's been working on over at Stern Pinball. He did tell me, Dennis, Ray Day, sorry if I wasn't supposed to say anything. He did tell me that he worked a lot on the structure of the modes. Oh, well, I love modes. So this is great. Modes are my favorite. What do we call that? Internal modes work? Inner mode? Within mode? Mode depth? <laughs> mode depth. I like it. Yeah, because we don't ever use the, we don't overuse the term depth in pinball ever. Depth versus breadth. I wonder if the modes will pop. Oh, Ray Day. Give me some moments, baby. Ray Day to the rescue. Ray Day, he's not going to let me down. But he is kind of the number one pinball player on the planet right now. So I hope he doesn't focus too much on multipliers and stacking and too much. People love multipliers. Yeah, if they're two or three times, then we're good. Sound was done. I'm a little confused. Sound was, I think. Jerry was a oversaw. He was the lead sound engineer. Ken Hale did the music. That just, I, have we verified that? I just uh, don't know. If that's, that's what I saw listed on the deep dive on this week in pinball. Okay. All right. So I, I assume Jeff verified it. I just, I, I didn't know that those two worked together on titles. I thought it was usually maybe, one or the other. Maybe it's a first. Maybe it was just like hmm. Jerry oversaw the sound effects and such and, and Ken handled putting the score together. Okay. Possibly. And then also the animation, we'll talk about animation here in a minute. The animation director was Chuck Ernst, our friend, as mm-hmm. well as uh, my buddy, Joshua Clay. There's, you're going to hear a lot of that name in the coming years. Joshua Clay was on lead animations here. And I, I don't think he's getting any uh, any any discussion here. But wait until you see these animations, people. And you're going to start saying, eh, maybe we have Josh push uh, push forward a lot of these animations. Are the animations marvelous? Oh, nice. Nice. That felt bad, though, right? When you said yeah, it? Yeah, it did. Yeah, okay. Even by your standards, I thought. Yes, well, even by Not my. really a creasel thing to say, but okay. No, it's not. <laughs> I'm trying to move us on. That's We've right. got so much to cover. Uh, we'll cover it all. What were your first impressions when you seen the reveal of this game? Uh, it's very bright, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are going to be hard-pressed to accept the pro. Okay. Interesting. We'll talk about production and, and stuff like that, and, and if you're right, but I agree. The premium LE seems like you get a lot more than you get on the Pro. My first impression was, look at the art and look at the wireforms. Mm. Oh, yes. Wireforms for days. Mm-hmm. And people like metal and pinball. They, they love do. it. They like to hear the shh as the ball goes on it. So that was my first impressions as well. Did anything, when you when you first look at the game, did anything throw you off that you were like, or, ugh, or, huh? No, I don't know if I'd say thrown thrown off per se. I thought that the the ramp placements, uh, and speaking specifically about the pro, where you have the the two main ramp entrances, not counting mm-hmm. that magnet very target thing, uh, are interesting. They're not in the usual placing. You know, the the yeah. left ramp is actually kind of centralized. They're both very much kind of. In and the then the right the ramp is so fat because they made it accessible by three flippers, which is different. That's the first time. 
And pinball. Did you know that? Uh, I know they claim that. Oh, oh. I will be doing my fact checking, says Mr. <laughs> no, no, I probably week. will not be. I'm just saying. I didn't verify that that was true. I just saw that they said well, it Well, Gary Stern told us that that was a first in pinball, damn it. Okay. Well, I don't know of another one, so. Any idea what uh, we were in the seminar? God, I love those seminars. No, the, I don't know anything about the seminar. The, the uh, deal- do, they, do they give you bagels? No, they don't give us bagels. Okay, well. I, I bet Gare Bear eats a bagel before he goes on. Probably poppy seed. But, um... No, they do the seminars, and it's so fun and so cool because they show us all the stuff that everybody sees but in the promo videos and stuff, but they'll show other things that aren't announced yet, like some of the animation, or he'll go through some of the rules. And he was talking about this ramp. He, he talks in, in at length about some of the features of each of these titles, and he said this is angled that way. It, it, it's, it looks bowed um, in the middle. Uh, oblo- yeah, you know, it's it's an interesting shape, and he said that is because uh, design-wise and geometry-wise, that is so that it can hit perfectly from all three flippers. I thought that was really really smart. Well, yes, because it not hitting perfectly from all three flippers means at least one flipper was felt pretty clunky. Yeah, or and two. That, and yeah. we know what people think of the clunk. No, like clunk, clunk bad. There's a movie reference for you. Yes. You don't even know it. See? It reminds me of Goonies. It is Goonies. Well, then you can shut the f*** up. I went we with move Chunk, on. Clunk. You see? At least mine tied together better. Yeah, but so the, the curves get it up that ramp a lot more rather than... Did you know what Gary Stern called that in the seminar? That ramp? The right ramp? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. He called it the right ramp. Nope, he called it the banana ramp because it kind of looks oh. like a more plantain, really. But plantain ramp doesn't have the same. I wish it was yellow. Then it would really look like a banana. Well, I think we've got enough yellow in this game. <laughs> I I disagree. We saw oh. far more red on Deadpool than we do yellow on this. So that was our first impressions. When it comes to the layout, how do you think this thing is going to shoot? My first thought will be, well, flowy. Sure, I, Elwin's games by and large seem to be pretty flow based. I see he, he once again has a uh, has a pop up post to allow a, a ball capture to feed to a flipper, which seems mm-hmm. to be something he's fond of. He likes that. So a little, you know, he's got some stop and go where he thinks it makes sense. And I'm fine with that. He doesn't yeah, like no, scoops, oh, so we but, don't see any scoops here. I mean, this isn't going to be a speed fest. Uh, the wire forms everywhere. These are not, we're not going to have like, it's not going to be like a Steve Ritchie Star Trek with plastic ramps with uh, efficient returns to the flippers. This seems to be not like Oktoberfest showy where you're waiting five minutes to get your ball back, but, Mm -hmm. but clearly designed to let you watch the ball go on a little journey and give you a break. Looks very flowy. I love, love, I can't, this is one of the most understated features of this uh, design, in my opinion. And that is the shot through the pops. And for those of you listeners who want to see what we're talking about, you can go online, Stern Pinballs, Facebook. They'll show all the pictures, Marvel, Twip. Everybody's got some pictures. But through the pops in a little orbit, kind of like Deadpool. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing that Elwin has shown. He seems to like to have a shot through the pops. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Where the return, I guess, is just the orbit then. I think so. Well, then how does the ball... Where does the left orbit take the ball? Does it take it to the right orbit? Because I know the right orbit 
kind of serves as onto the ramp. I don't know. I don't either. Could it take it back through the pops the other way? Ah. Because that looks like that would feed to the right flipper. So there's some really unique, unique shots. A lot of upper flipper usage on Keith Elwin games. Mm -hmm. On the left this time. Mm Mm-hmm. He's going Tron this time. Now, he wanted to go left on Jurassic. So he gets to do that here. Now, some of the key mechanisms and features of this game. Let's go over that. I think primarily when we're talking about the Pro, if we're sticking with what's on every model, the Pro Premium LE, we have this big tower, the Avengers Tower. Mm -hmm. That's on all of them. Yes. And it's a magnet ball-grabbing tower mechanism that virtually locks balls. Yes. And it's also supposed to have like a very target function. When I heard that, I, I didn't understand the very target component to it. I didn't, I didn't see it in any of the little video trailer clips, uh, but my, I mean, the way that would be is the ramp would have a mechanism or some capability. I'm assuming with optos, if that's that's using the accurate description to uh, measure if you only partially get it up. Mm Mm-hmm. Because that's what, you know, normally a very target's trying to register just how far back you knocked the target. So mm-hmm. you could achieve that virtually with optos and yeah. know, oh, okay, you made it two thirds up. So you get two, you know, two thirds. One third up. up, more of a soft reboot. But I'm not sure how that's being implemented, maybe in a mode, because as you noted, it also functions as a ball lock. But my understanding is you light the lock by your your lower lane, your in lane, out lane, spelling for spelling iron. iron yes. Yeah, I spell iron and then you shoot that shot. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there'd be no point for a vary for that. Yeah, I think it might be. But, but that might tell me that it's not always a sure shot to get up to the top. Well, it does seem pretty steep. So I, I could I could see that. But it's either a make it or you don't, I would assume, for no. ball locking purposes. But on but iron, I could see value having a way to use it like a very target uh, for something else, like a mode. Yeah. On Iron Maiden, they had a captive ball very target thing. Remember that? But I don't know what was the varied part of that. It was it how hard you hit that captive ball. It, it could determine the strength of the hit. I, yeah, I didn't remember how that one worked. Did it? It didn't have the target. What was it? Was it an opto setup as I well? Thought, I thought it was something I, to deal with how hard you hit know. that. Captive. I don't know. Because, I mean, I've seen, like, if you go back to Gottlieb, uh, Buck Rogers, for example, mm-hmm. has a captive ball. And then there is an actual very target behind it, and it made it extremely hard to hit the very target back. Oh, like um, the 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 second ball pushes that very target. The yeah, the first ball hits the second ball, and the second uh-huh. ball pushes okay. the very target exactly. Okay, so I can see that. Uh, maybe. So I, I'm not sure. Ghostbusters kind of had a very target thing on the pro. Remember, you hit it right back up the right ramp, and if you hit the first switch, it determines that, or the second, or the third before it comes back. Can we call that a very ramp? Uh, I, I mean, I wouldn't because it, uh, it's sort of like you, you clear one switch and you might clear another switch, but normally with the very, there, there are multiple stages mm-hmm. in, in a linear fashion. I, I think that was just to give you partial credit or so. I don't, I don't remember how they scored with it. Okay. Um, I mean, the last very, very target I remember with, with Stern was, uh, Ripley's. Uh, do we have to talk about Ripley's? We don't. I was just... All models, Pro Premium and LE, have a drop target bank with a, I guess we'll call it a bingo board, tic-tac-toe yeah, board. A grid of sorts. A grid. Kind of a throwback that feels very throwback-ish. 
Yeah, I mean, it kind of remind. I mean, when I saw it, actually, what it reminded me of is the grid on Total Nuclear Annihilation. Mm-hmm. I could definitely see that. So you get a grid there. It looks like mystery awards that you can line up, bonuses, clearing locks, body Yeah, and it, it looked like there was a... What happens very, it depends on whether you get the drops down or you get the drops down in order. Yes. It looks like the same position as the Walking Dead drops, which are some of my favorite drops in pinball, so mm. I like it. Now, one of the things the Pro has, Dennis and listeners, that the Premium doesn't is the Captain Marvel shot is significantly different. On the Pro, you get a nice little mini-orbit loop around through a spinner back into the right orbit, whereas yep. on the Premium LE, you get... A whole new ramp yeah. and a ramp we have not seen before. That's right. And then and like an invert, it like inverts mm-hmm. the ball. So the ball goes upside down and then feeds onto a wire form. Can a ball ever go upside down? Sure. It is a sphere. Yes, but I think I not. just got you. No, I no. think I just got you. I don't it's think like, a ball can I, ever I was go upside down. I'm trying to understand down. what the hell you were saying. The the the, the ball has numerous sides, not just uh, how many sides are on a ball. Infinite. <gasps> I got infinite. Well, you did take biology, so a ball can never be up nor down. <laughs> Sorry, I know right now you're just fuming. Puts the ball upside down. The ball can't ever be upside down. I'll turn this damn bus around. That'll end your precious little field trip pretty damn quick, huh? But it it uh, it exits at a weird place. Have you seen where it exits? Nobody's talking about that. It exits like right by the flipper, closer to the flipper than your typical in-lane drop. Uh, but I are mean, you googling there... whether there's sides to a ball now? No, no, no. I was I was scrolling up looking at another playfield thing instead. I took physics in college, uh, you know. So uh, yeah, I know. I mean, they've but that's been done before. A Sharky Shootout did that. I know people. It's just it's interesting that it it ends up there on a stern machine. I I like it because it because it means if you shoot if you shoot that uh, Captain Marvel shot, you can't easily just start collecting your iron switch rollovers. Oh. It deprives you of that. That's the value in it. That's very smart. Is to not, smart. Let you, not let you exploit a ramp to be able to hit get switch hits. Or get a an additional one-up over the pro. I mean, it, you could say, you could argue that allowed it, that it would make the premium LE significantly mm-hmm. easier to, to start Iron Man multiball. That's right. That is a Great observation. I haven't heard anybody say that yet. Nicely done. It's because no one's talked about this. Well, and then we have our Thor captive ball shot, the same on all of them. Now, on the Pro, that right, even further right than a right orbit, is more a stand-up target. Uh, I've, I've been comparing it to the C-shot on the left side of Jurassic Park. Yeah, I think that's a good, good comparison. The, the PIM Lab uh, stand-up. Mm-hmm. The pin lab stand-up, where on the premium LE, you go up in there, and it is more saucer scoop-ish, and it's Spider-Man and Star Trek, Vuck kicks it onto the wire form. Yep. One of the biggest features of the premium LE, damn, this thing is loaded, is a subway. Yeah. Who would have thought you'd see another one of those from Stern? Mm. This subway is nice because it can stage balls within it, and it has fully controlled RGB inside the subway system. So visually, it is going to be a spectacle. A visual spectacle. Zach calls Marvel's Avengers Infinity Quest. 
I'm just uh, uh, bemused that you still find color changing RGB impressive, but hey, when presented properly, it can be a moment. So yeah, anything that contributes to pinball moments, I'm your man. Hmm, pinball moments, yes, yes. Yeah, a lot of people have been using that. World under glass, yeah. Knocked oh, it yeah, out of the park. World yeah. under glass. I didn't start that one. But we also get, I think, a tribute to two of my favorite 90s Bally Williams games and Circus Voltaire and Tales of the Arabian Nights, Dennis. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's true. The spinning disc. The spinning disc. Are we done with spinning discs? We're getting a lot of spinning discs in pinball. Well, they can be fun, so I think it's okay to see them for a little while. Okay. Just this, don't make it a habit. Yes. This spinning disc is not motorized, so it is... Uh, it's like the lamp on Todan. Yes. Yes. It's got one peg instead of two, but you can hit it both left and both right. But whenever a lock is enabled by hitting it enough times to light strange, it lifts up out of the play field, very much like the ringmaster in Circus Voltaire, and you lock balls into that subway via that entrance. Yes. Oh. And I guess that lock function is virtual on the Pro. I love the location of that, that spinning thing because it, it looks like it can get in the way if, if positioned properly so that you can't get through those pops, very much like Tales of the Arabian Nights. Mm. See that? Yeah, and that's kind of consistent with uh, how the Jeep would block, block ah, you sometimes on Jurassic Park. So through the pumps, maybe another yeah. L. I think we're starting to see the Elwin traits. Elwinisms. Yeah. He's also, I've noticed, uh, you know, you already mentioned it with the Thor captive ball. He's a fan of captive ball. I'm not. Yeah, you don't seem like someone who likes the ball captive. There are some captive balls that I love, but my, my love-hate is very dichotomous when it comes to a captive ball. And this mm. one, honestly, doesn't, I don't think it's going to, really wow anybody i think it, i think when you hear the sound effect when it gets hit the thor i'm sure it's going to be a thor hammer crack sound i think you're going to like the audio that goes with it yeah and it'll feel more momenty once you hear that one of my favorite accessories for a pinball machine is a shaker motor and there is no better effect than coating a shaker motor with a captive ball hit because you feel like you actually just hit something hard right we cannot understate this post that post that sticks up to catch the ball. When you lock a ball, uh, Gary Stern in the seminar said the ball will fall back down. Post will catch it. Then you can start your different quests for those infinity stones. And so for those be... that haven't looked, the, this post is positioned to feed to the upper flipper. Correct. Thank you. Once you hit it up that tower or even in that direction, that post can come up, capture your ball for that upper flipper stage. But it will direct you to the LCD screen and say, hey, in certain times, hey, you're about to start this. Kind of like the post did in Iron Maiden. Yeah. It also kind of, uh, you know, to compare to a non-Elwin, it kind of reminded me of the upper capture that you would see on Star Wars and choosing your missions there. Yes, 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 yes. A lot of cool features in this game. What else are we missing here? I think that's all the main stuff. Whew. It's just there are some repeatable shots that we see in this promo video, Dennis, that make me think this thing is going to be like a circus juggling act. You can continually put these balls into motion, but if you lose track of one, they're going to come tumbling down on you very fast. Tumble, tumble. Do you like that analogy? It's a juggler. No, I'm indifferent to it. 
Look at me. I can juggle two poles, no problem. It doesn't count Whoa. as juggling with two. You need three or more. Can you name that pinball machine? I'm assuming Circus Voltaire, but... Do you like center ramps? Uh, yeah, I... I I mean, I don't, I don't really think of it as a like or, or a dislike. It's ramps are ramps to me. Mm. I don't think this is dead centered in terms of its feet out. So I don't think it's going to be a, oh, I didn't get up the center ramp. It's guaranteed straight down the middle death. We've seen side ramps that do that. Ugh. So True. where the ramp, where the ramp is, you can set it up. So your ramp screws you down the middle. No, basically no matter what. So I, where it is, I mean, I'd be more concerned if this was like a center spinner. Okay, like a monster bash. Um, center ramps for me are hit and miss. You think of things like Aerosmith or Kiss by Stern Pinball center ramps. Those look like they're located a, a bit further back, but it's it's sometimes at a weird place on the flipper. Sure, but if everything was on the same spots of the flipper all the time, the games would all be the same. I like a full force smooth feeling shot on my ramps typically. Like the... Uh, I don't, see, but looking at this, I don't see how this ramp is necessarily difficult. It doesn't look overly narrow or anything. It no. doesn't look like a hard shot. That's true. Like that the true. little helicarrier magnet lock looks like a tighter shot than this to me. Now, now compared to the right ramp, uh, I get it, but that's because that one's a banana or a plantain. I think that you were talking about that tower shot. I think that that is going to be a really smooth shot. It might be tight, but that is... On that flipper, geometry-wise, that's the shot. That's going to feel good. Yeah. I Well, I mean, if they want it to be like a very target, then it, a very target should feel great when you hit it. Yeah, you got to have a lot of power to make it very Ideally, to get it all the way back. Mars is too easy. That but. 180 ramp, that helix ramp where the ball goes upside down, that, I hope that's smooth. On Munster's, yeah, I mean, his, I, Munster's I, I 180 ramp is smooth. it has to be or it's not going to work. Well, it works on Jurassic Park. But it's not smooth on Jurassic Park. When they when when Keith Elwin did a Jurassic Park 180, I don't care what anybody says. I'll argue till I'm blue in the face. That is not a smooth shot. It's got it's got clunk in it. Whereas mm-hmm. if you compared it to the 180 ramp on Borg's Monsters, that's a smooth shot. You can still right, be flowy right. and not be smooth, but I think this one might be smooth. We'll see. All right, a lot of flow on this. A lot of mechanisms on this. Artwork. It's decent. <laughs> Your stance is going to be it's decent. Zombie Yeti's art packages all look to be about the same quality to me. So, what does that mean? It means that I like if you were to say, "Is this his greatest art package ever?" I would say yeah. no. Oh, they're all about the same. I wouldn't. I, it's like I don't think he outdid himself. I think it's what I expect from him. Hmm. That's not bad or good. It's just it is. He's a he's a good artist. I think this will be very well received. But yeah, I th- I think if you were to pull people, you're going to find a fairly even split across all the games he's worked on in terms of which is the best art package. I don't. Th- I look at this and I don't say, "Holy crap!" This like Ghostbusters is garbage. Now I just don't. Hmm. I just don't see that. If we're looking at the playfield art, we'll focus on the playfield art. Yeah, right and that's now. what I'm focusing on. If I'm talking about the playfield art. I'm trying to think of a... It's a strong take, people. Sit down. I'm trying to think of a art package on the playfield by Jeremy Packer, a.k.a. Zombietti, that looks better than this. This may, in fact, people, be my favorite art package on the playfield that Yeti's done. Yeah. Left 
Dennis Creasel speechless. Well, no, I, I, I could see people looking at this and going, it's the best, it's the best thing he ever, he ever did. Uh, I'd say it, it's probably his most colorful, but the other games by and large weren't designed to be that like Deadpool really emphasized the red yes, because of, of Deadpool's outfit in the kind of the comic strip feel. And you would expect most traditional comic book things like Avengers to be this diverse color palette. Mm-hmm. That, that being said, Ghostbusters I, is pretty colorful on the play field. It, it is, but I, I think they're mostly darker colors. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd have to go back and look. The Dark one thing, I mean, if I were to rate on art, I really liked Deadpool's art, for example. Um, and I I, I'd that, say yeah. for me, I like this more than Deadpool's art. But like the quality of the art that was done on Iron Maiden, I don't know necessarily that I would say this is better than that uh, okay. with the sand and everything, mm-hmm. I, uh, which was also extremely colorful. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, to me, they're all just kind of the the same quality. Good. Yeah. So I, I, I just it doesn't stand out to me compared to his other work. It's this is the style of art Stern needs to do because art helps yes. sell games. And I just don't see anyone who's going to be able to complain about this. I like so. the we're looking at the playfield art, the the color choices, the yeah. areas of the playfield. Mid playfield, we've got the villains in space, so we get a lot of blues and a lot of oranges. Down at the bottom, we have those traditional Crayola crown colors, your traditional primary colors showing uh, showing the the heroes down at the bottom. Then you get a little strange up top. I love the strange. Uh, what are those? It's not like a pentagram, but uh, all of the all of the Doctor Strange components really pop in the art here. And then the greens. Look at that right orbit. You get the green right orbit for Black Panther, and then Similarly, a left orbit with the same type of green for Hulk makes total symmetry sense there for me. But I think one of my favorite features of this playfield art is actually Captain Marvel. The positioning of where she's at on that shot, the colors right there on that that light blue, and then the subway pinks. Fuck, nope. (sighs) But Deadpool has the big Deadpool, Dennis. That's the most dynamic thing on a playfield that I've seen in quite some time. That big, centralized Deadpool figure. I love that. We don't have that here. But we get better artwork down where the heroes are at. This makes the Deadpool villains... I don't like the looks of some of those Deadpool villains. Like that T-Rex. It doesn't look good. This looks fantastic. I think this is my favorite playfield art, but I'll never forget about that Deadpool figure. That big. I want something big and grand. On a playfield. Favorite Yeti playfield or favorite playfield? Favorite Yeti playfield. I have to go back and look at all the other ones, but okay. I just I want a centralized no, thing uh, like uh, we get Deadpool. I, I could see it. I might pick it as mine. I'm not sure. There's it's so close for me. Like I really like the Ghostbusters playfield. Um Yeah. If they didn't if Yeti didn't put Grimace or Thanos so predominant on the rest of the art package, I wouldn't have minded the heroes down bottom and then a big a big Thanos similar to the positioning and the composition of Deadpool. I, I don't need some of those other characters there because I've already got a, a, a cavalcade of characters down by the flippers. I wanted something bigger right in the middle if I had to pick. But this man can draw Captain America as proficient as he reinvigorated those turtles on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Captain America is the jam. We're looking at the cabinet art and stuff like that. He On the pro... We've got all of the, basically all the heroes, all the superheroes there. 
But on the premium LE, we're focusing like you called out, you predicted a Thanos heavy premium LE. Yeah, I noticed that it looks like the translite and cabinet art is identical for the premium and LE. The translite? Is it? Is the. Um, they look the same to me. Both with Thanos. Yes, they. You're, yeah, you're right. I thought you were talking about cabinet. Yeah, the. The translite. So the LE, you're still going to get the mirrored screen printed back glass. Well, I think the imagery uh, premium and LE on the cabinet is the same, but some of the colors were swapped. Yes, correct. And correct. personally, I I, th- I think the LE looks the best. With a, a lot of the red background rather than a deep blue. Yeah, and with the, the fact that the yellow powder coat goes well with it. Mm-hmm. I just, I think it's the overall, I think it's the best art package personally. But boy, that pro... Man, that looks good with the three main Captain America, Iron Man, and Hulk. That looks yeah, really good. I, I, it looks good. I mean, it's well drawn. Of course it is. It's Yeti. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know. It seems like no matter who the artist is, the pro is always the montage of characters. And maybe I'm just getting a little fatigued from that. Yeah. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, there's a lot of But them. I think, you know, it kind of depends on who you want. If you want to see heroes, then the pro art's going to probably be the mm-hmm. most appealing to you. But mm-hmm. if... You keep calling him Grimace. If you want to see Thanos, <laughs> then I, you've got premium and LE. And I just think the with the reds and the yellow, I just think that the the LE looks best. But I think so. I think so as well. Whew, man. This is a stunning art package. Does this win art of the year over TMNT? Ooh, I, uh, oh. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, for me, I like it better. But, I mean, come on. It. TMNT is good. So uh, it's, uh, I don't know. That's tough. That's too. There's no way I could predict how the public will react to that. That's really, that might actually end up just coming down if you actually are more of an Avengers fan or a Turtles fan, quite frankly. And this is more recent, so it's going to get the recency effect there. Sure, but by the time like Twippy voting rolls around, this is going to be months, but months in the past. Old news. That's right. It's going to be Guns N' Roses. You cannot beat the head decal artwork on that LE. I, I, I hope somebody tries to beat that. That I was talking about on stream. That is color and composition perfection right there. You're not going to beat it. Good luck trying other artists out there. What I don't appreciate as much is that Yeti oftentimes does the same. You were talking about the same artwork, but even like the head, even the sides of the game. They're a mirrored, right? So you, you get Thanos on both sides the same. You get the head decals. You get Captain America on both sides, which doesn't make It's the same. But it's symmetry. I like symmetry. Don't get me wrong. But I like when there's different art on the different sides of the cabinets. I, and I, 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 get, I get it, but I think it's a total waste of time. Okay. I don't think that makes a lick of difference on selling a game, so... On selling a game, yeah, sure. Well, that's the point. This is commercial art. This isn't fine art. I want my Ellie's to look different than the premiums. Is that too much to ask? No, that surprised me. That's why, other than like the like swapping some blues for reds, normally don't they have completely different side art and translites for all three? Yes, but Yeti has been known in the past to share premium Ellie translite. Um, I think he's... Okay. Well, I, I like all three to be totally different. I do too. 
I just think it makes it more interesting. I'm going, oh gosh, I, I, and that's only from like a fun discussion standpoint of people mm-hmm. are like, oh, I really, I sure wish I could have like the premium play field, but I want, I want the, <laughs> I want the powder coat from the LE, but the trans and the, and the side cab artwork, but the trans light on the pro is the best. Yeah. And well, then you have to decide, it's like, there's so many decisions. How do I decide? And I'm sitting there like, yeah, it's the gameplay. It's you're like, you who cares? Of, but. I don't play the art. The last thing about aesthetics, and then we'll move on. Oh, thank God. What do you think about the yellow on the LA? I already said I liked it. The yellow on the, the, the LA like features a metallic yellow that we have not, I don't think we've seen from Stern before. No, they got the leftovers from Yellow Brick Road Edition. <laughs> and I like it. I think it looks good. I think it works for a comic book theme. It's my favorite. I hate it. No, <laughs> you do not. I do not hate it. I have an LE on the way. Um, yellow is not my first choice when powder coating the trim on a pitmull machine. It's probably, well, I think in most pitmull machines it wouldn't work. Yeah, it's probably close to my last. That and black it just doesn't do much for me. But I have seen a metallic like the Yellow Brick Road. It's pretty stunning in person. And Keith Elwin did show on social media some of the shimmering of that metallic flake in this powder coat. So I'm good with it. Would I have picked a different color? Maybe, but that's easy for me to say on the sidelines. The animation. Have you seen any of the animation? I was telling people before I was supposed to that I like that it went to this two-dimensional, almost feels, Dennis, like it was pulled from the comic book and onto the LCD screen. Instead of this Stern team trying to generate and render 3D animations again, which I'm not a huge fan of, they go tried and true and say, we're going to make this feel like a comic book. No, I I haven't seen enough of the animation to comment on it. I think people are really going to like it. I think it looks a lot better than Turtles animation. Just a personal preference thing. That is not a fact-based thing. Just my preference. And... I love assets, so I wouldn't. I, even if it didn't fit the damn comic book theme, give me the movie clips in there. That's just my preference. But this is a this is a pretty close second. So, to those that did the animations on this, super super bravo! All right, production, release, pricing. What do we know about this game? Price is up a hundred dollars across the board. How do you feel about that? When was the last price increase? I don't remember. I believe it was January 1st. Wow. Okay. That's a little aggressive. Prior to that, I believe it was two years plus. Well, I don't care about prior to that. Uh, It's a pattern. I, I, at this point, I expect Stern to do annual price increases. So I'm at that stage. Okay. I I think they've recognized that it's not business wise. They would rather incrementally increase the pricing than to spike it after a few years. And uh, Based off of my own professional experience, I think it goes over better to just get people used to standard incremental price increases. Mm-hmm. It's just, if you did one in January, it seems early. And you you heard it here. The Avengers All Models seen a $100 price increase. Come January 1st, the other Stern titles that are being produced will also then see that $100 price increase. Mm. So we do know that about the pricing, which puts the LE... At an MSRP of ninety one ninety nine, ninety two hundred bucks. Yep. But we're getting closer to Jersey Jack pinball pricing on an LE. 
How do you think these sold so far? Great. Great is a great way to describe how these have been selling. Do you think the Ellie sold out immediately? I do. They did. It's hard to gauge that measurement because all the Ellie's are distributed through dealers. So for the most part, all Ellie's sell out no matter the title, but whether or not those distributors sell them is another thing. We had a, um, I always want more, but a comfortable, uh, large enough amount of Ellie allotment. And we sold out within the first minute. I mean, it's, you know, it was, they were, they were gone before they were gone kind of thing. They went fast and I was trying to refer people that wanted LEs to other dealers. And uh, those people were pretty much sold out as well. There might be a few floating around out there, but at $91.99, these things went quick. There were 500 of them. Pros and premiums have been flying as well off the pre-order shelves. And you guess that premiums would sell better than pros, which is typically pros are substantially cheaper than premiums. So you wouldn't think unless there was something, a large differentiating factor, there wouldn't be something that uh, the premiums would sell more on. But we have sold a significantly higher amount of premiums to the pros at this point. That's pinball. Can you believe people are really going in on this premium with that price tag versus the pros now? The pros are like the best value in pinball. Yeah, but the premium pro price differential remains the same as it always has. So Mm -hmm. I think the issue is that in this game, when you look at it initially, you feel like there's more there Mm -hmm. on the premium to, you know, that's always the challenge is what are you getting for the print besides the different art package and, and all of that, the, you know, the more full featured game, it's like, what are you getting with the premium versus the pro? So you take a game like Aerosmith, for example, and it's like, oh, well, you get this little flipper upper play field thing versus, you know, no little upper flipper. And you're probably like, that doesn't make much of a gameplay difference. And then you take something like this where it's like, okay, well, you get the actual subway, you get the lifting spinning disc, Mm -hmm. you get an entire new ramp system. Uh, It's just, so you have all this, it looks, it just, it looks like there's more game there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I, I mean, that was, I, I kind of felt the same when I first saw Jurassic Park and the, the really cool T-Rex toy. Yeah. But ultimately over time I, I got to where I was like, I think I'd be happy with Jurassic Park as a pro because as cool as that is, I don't think that it, necessarily significantly enough change the gameplay but with this it's like okay well you're moving from a a pim stand up to a a vertical up kicker that goes onto a ramp so it feeds differently you've got the captain marvel is a ramp instead of just uh you know a spinner shot uh you've got the lifting ringmaster style effect rather than it just being the totem lamp plus the entire subway system underneath it uh, it's like, yeah, I just, yeah. I mean, I'd have to see I, a lot of times, even when I'm skeptical on pros, I start to come around because yes. the price difference That's is so much people. better. But I, I think when you initially look at it, this is not one of those games where like, uh, guardians, where you look mm-hmm. at the two models and you're like, I don't need plastic root arms. Let's just go pro gameplay differences help. I mean, that's, that's always yeah. been the, like with walking dead, the struggle. Do I want to give up the Walker bombs? We sold, man. I'm going to guess five or six to one here. I'm not surprised, especially before. I was surprised. That's, that's a big difference. 
It is, but it's an L one. It's Here's an the, L one, and it looks so much more sub- substantive at the premium level. Here's the problem you're going to hear on this show. Um, they're selling so well that I'm a bit fearful about how they're going to build them. Meaning that I think there's going to be some frustrated people with when they may receive their premium. And as a dealer, that feels horrible. And sometimes you, you get people backing out on sales because of it. Mm-hmm. Well, that'll be interesting. I, I do think it is a threat, especially given we know the upcoming Deep Root and Jersey Jack reveals mm-hmm. are coming along. And if there's anything I've learned in all my years in pinball is that pinball new inbox buyers are very fickle and willing to shift their money. Yeah, yeah. And um, to wait. so I think pros, the release is this. They're doing it a little different again, Dennis. The pros initially, they're going to do a small run probably this week. And they're just going zero to one per dealer, zero to one per dealer. That's it. Mm -hmm. You're going to see the biggest run of Avengers come out of the LEs. That's the first biggest run. The LE buyers are going to get their games first. And that's uh, end of September for the LE buyers. The beginning of October, they'll probably run some more pros, the the big bulk of pros. Then you will see mid-October, you're going to see the uh, the premiums mid to late October, and then it'll uh, you know go back and forth between pros and premiums. The problem being, pro people are going to have to wait until after the LEs. That's a different that's a different strategy that Stern's having this time around. Yeah, we we saw that though with to a degree right with Turtles was it? Mm-hmm. A little yeah. bit, but there's still I, a lot of pros I, that I, went I think, out to I customers. think the shift makes sense for Stern. I okay. think they should have done it a long time ago. I have been talking with Stern and asking them, and when I say ask, listener, I mean fucking begging them, please, please add an additional run of premiums in October. Make that run larger. Do another run in November, because right now I think they're slated for like a December build. Of the second run of yeah, premiums. I mean that that given where oh. the sales are, I could see them. You know, it may be more most valuable based off of orders to decide what yes. what your priorities are. I so they are looking into it. I think that it makes sense for them to move to doing LEs first because people are paying a premium at that range. They deserve mm-hmm. an accommodation for that. Yeah. yeah. So I think that being ahead of pro makes sense. And then normally, if the normal model is we sell more pros than premiums, I understand why you would then want to go and do your pros second. But if that's not how the how the order lists are looking, then it would make sense to move the move the premiums mm-hmm. up. The logic may be, though, that if you put premiums last, maybe you convince some people to go for the LE because they don't want to wait two months. Yes. But if there are no LEs available, then what good does that do? It doesn't do any good. So exactly. I think Stern is, they're looking at that. So all of your okay. premium well, buyers out there, Rest easy. I think that you might see some changes and we will hopefully get you, you know, premiums before. If if I committed to buy a pro from you right here on the show right now, would you give me the one that you're getting? I would not. Then you can go fuck yourself. (laughs) I almost said yes too, just because I want so bad to sell you a game, Dennis. I want so I know I know what I know what my value is. Thanks. See if Coin Taker will give you that one pro. Coin Taker probably would. They wouldn't. No, they like me. They would not. Damn it, Dennis. Now I'm not going to sleep tonight. <sighs> I'm going to rest easy dreaming about some pinball accessories, and that's toppers. Uh-huh. Let's talk about you toppers, toppers really quick okay. here. 
I know that you don't want, to, don't want to get into it, but we had a promo video for Avengers showing off all of the accessories, including the armor, side blades. We had the shooter rod. Shooter rod. Illuminated and the again. Topper. Ooh. And the topper. Announcing topper right now. I, I'm glad that they did this. I, I think it's good to do the accessory announcement when the game is revealed so people can plan. Looks good. Looks like it's going to be a $600 topper. That's what uh, that's what we're being told at this point. But keep in mind, just because they showed it off doesn't mean that they're ready to ship. We're not going to see these Avengers toppers likely until November. That's why I haven't sent out any invoices for our customers. We've got a long list of people wanting the Avengers topper. But they're like, well, where's my topper invoice? I'm like, it's not coming until November. So I'd like to at least, you know. Take a look at it a little better. Make sure we get the right pricing. Same with Elvira Topper. There's been a lot of discussion about, let's move over to Elvira. Okay. Really quick, what do you think about the Elvira Topper not coming? I can't say that it came out because people are like, it was announced. And there I see, I hear some rhetoric on a couple different other shows. Uh, and when I say couple, I just mean one. Rhetoric saying, oh, they give us what we want in Avengers. And then, oh, they timed this Elvira topper to come out with a $1,000 price tag. Thanks for screwing us. Blah, blah, blah. I'm here to tell you right now, Dennis, I'm here to tell you listeners, that is not how it happened. This was not technically officially announced. Toppers are just kind of a thing for Stern. So they, they've given us pictures and they've given us a price for a little bit on this topper. They give us the prices for toppers, but sometimes those prices change. So I usually hold out and wait until we get some official pictures. I know what the damn thing is doing. Uh, but there was a dealer that showed pictures of it sitting on a cubicle uh, with the $1,000 price tag. And everybody's like, oh, they announced it. And they tried to time. No, 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 no. Just so happened that a dealer was wanting to show it off now. But $1,000, Dennis. Yeah, it's a lot. Is it okay? I don't. What are your but, thoughts? $1,000 topper. Uh, Fuck six hundred dollars. Let's let's. I, I think it's I think it's too like for what it does. I think it's overpriced. But well, we don't really know what it does yet. For whatever it will do, it will be overpriced. Okay. Let me put it that way. It is. It looks different than your typical flat plastic, like the Jurassic Park people mm, didn't like. It yeah, uh, it reminds me of a foam cooler. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it reminds me of what I get at the Halloween store. I'm not impressed, uh, but. Am I ever with toppers? So a thousand dollars, and somebody said they're limited to two hundred. Here right. they go. No, that would explain part of the price spike on that. If that's true, hear it here. This is not a limited edition topper. It is not. If they choose to make two hundred, which initially they will, then they very likely will only make two hundred. But that's if not, they're not saying- hard capping it at two hundred. Then I think it becomes very difficult. To a lot of people to understand the $1,000 mm-hmm. price point. Yeah. But they, they, they are not calling it a limited edition number okay. topper. Well, that's, uh, that's the first I've heard of it. I heard it here first after all. But I think the plan is to make 200 Yeah. Okay. Well, my, I mean, my, my opinion is Stern can do what they want. I think they've clearly shown they have absolutely next to no interest to make toppers. And so it seems to me like they just keep raising the price and not want to make more. And I don't think it's driven by anything other than they just don't want to be making toppers, but they do it for whatever reason, because mm-hmm. they know it's easy money, I guess. Yeah. And um, I mean, people who buy them will probably be able to get more than they bought them for. So it's, I mean, that's the what numbers, we see even with yeah. non-limited toppers in the past. So numbers they're officially up. licensed. So my, my thought is Stern can do what it wants on this and there's not much point in complaining about it. 
But I do sympathize with a lot of people that I think feel that toppers were an accessory for everyone. And now, at least with Stern's official toppers, they have decided that toppers are for whales. And you Mm. need to throw a lot of money in to be able to get a topper that's officially licensed. Uh, And that's just the way it is. So, dichotomous there. I don't think well, that everybody that buys that topper is a I, whale. Yeah, I I think it's at the. I mean, more of a manatee or a porpoise. And I ain't gonna I ain't gonna name names, but I even know other other podcasting folk that are now buying toppers without even owning the games. We have uh, several. Of my friends are doing that. Yeah, and that's not necessarily whale, you know whale behavior per se, but it does show there's a fear that toppers only go up in price. You have to act, even if you're not sure you're going to need the topper. And so people are buying them speculatively, and that just wasn't how it used to be. So it's a very, it's a mental shift. And there are a lot of people, I know people will say, well, you bought a pinball machine. Why can't you, you know, you can afford a top? And it's like, no. You know, there are people, there are public school teachers and stuff in this hobby that are buying new in box. They cannot just keep throwing dollar amounts out. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're at the point where six Elvira toppers of this price holds equals a pro. I mean, mm-hmm. think about that for a moment. Yeah, that's that is significant. So I understand why buyers who want it would want to get it at retail are pissed uh, because it's a huge investment and they don't plan to sell the game and they got this topper. It's just as an extra. Yeah, hu- I mean, it's but, four figures. But people people are expecting me to shill this. That's what they think. Even though I love yeah, toppers before, I'm expecting it. I would I would pay whatever for decent, great toppers before I was a dealer, uh, but. I will continue to shield this because bye, bye, bye. the topper looks great. Can we argue that? No, nobody's arguing that. It looks damn good. It looks good. No, not compared to Black Knight. Oh, fuck. Why are we keep comparing everything? Because it's an awesome topper Black and it's less than 500 Knight. damn dollars. Okay, would Why you rather own a Black Knight or an Elvira game? I'd rather have the Black Knight mech and we just change the helmet to Elvira's Yeah, face. I would stay away from that argument too. So the Black Knight topper aside, it looks good. Is it expensive? Yes, it is very expensive compared to some of the other toppers that were announced for the last 10 years. Compared to all of them. Compared to all of them. Well, what does that mean? What the hell does Mises that mean? It's expensive. Means is a lot of money for a not very important accessory. Relative to what, though? Relative to the toppers that we've seen before, including ones that released this year. Maybe those were underpriced. No, they were not underpriced. I don't know. Uh, you, you would have to be saying like, Stern was really bad at their business if they had been selling underpriced for years and losing money on these things. Uh, no, underpriced doesn't necessarily mean you're losing money. This is pinball. I've seen the markups that y'all do. Okay. It's ridiculous okay. compared to other hobbies. I'm not getting much money on these fucking toppers. Um, but when it comes to this topper, maybe the other ones were underpriced. That's what I'd say. If these are selling that <laughs> I well, say, ha, 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 if laughing. these were if these are selling that well, these are going to fly. They, they'll fly off the shelves. They'll be done. Yes, they, that's I've why got, I don't. I can't I've fault Stern for doing it. I can't fault Stern people. for ch- making the choice to make easy money. I'm here to say, if you want one of these toppers, you better call your dealer now. We've got a couple spots left from our initial order, but you better call now and accept the moral judgment that people will have for you for doing it. And if they do, they can fuck off. Yeah. Like, fuck off. If you've got an issue with what I'm buying, that's my whole thing. Mm-hmm. Fuck off. I don't tell that, you what kind of cereal uh, to buy. Piss off. I, I think that's fair. I don't see the point in credit. I mean, I get it in the sense of people going, well, if we can no, only. People are being called dummies like, again. 
Well, calling we people – like, if you want to – if you want to stop it and try and organize a boycott or something, then, like, formally try and do it. But trying to uh, to topper shame folks is not going to get you the result you want. I've got a guy that's making toppers right now that I'm spending way too much money on, Dennis. You know this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was crying about this, saying people are idiots. And, and I stopped him. I said, whoa, 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 hold up. Coming from the guy that's building toppers right now, that's going to cost me a mortgage. It's always the people that I'm like, you're the one saying something here that makes no sense to me. It's all relative. And here's the thing. Here's my main part of argument. And I can take this off offline and talk to you guys, private message and stuff. Where are the fucking alternatives? Where are they at, Dennis? No, you know, there, everybody cries there about are this, alternatives. But but, where? And here's where Stern has got where they've, I think, figured it out. I, They're the only ones that can offer a licensed one. Okay. And the only ones that can integrate it into the actual game, tap it into the actual game. But my point is, where are the alternatives? Well, there's no alternative for an Elvira topper. Stranger Things. And if, you, if you're going to show me some of these aftermarket ones... Then I'm going to well, say, guess what? Of course it's going to be aftermarket. If it's not from Stern, I mean, what else do you want? That's what I'm saying. If you're, if you're taking those in comparison, not all of them, but I would say a majority of them just plain look like shit. And I'm not going to pay $200 for that. At least the Stern toppers look better than any of the other toppers out there. They just do. So until somebody else can step up and offer a competing product then I'm going to continue to say this is smart business for Stern. And while I don't want to spend the money, I love the looks of it on top of my machines. Strong take. Let's fly through the rest of this news. Jersey Jack Pinball released an advertisement and said, I want you please take me home. Dennis, would you ever take me down to the Paradise City where the grass is green and the girls are pretty? No. Ooh. Would you not just please take me home? They are just teasing this Guns N' Roses game like no other. But, I mean, how can you deny this? Does this not pump you up, Dennis? I mean, Dennis. Come on. How do you not just... Full erection here for me, I'm not going to lie. Get it, Axel. It excites you, right? Another dad rock theme, unfortunately, does not. But dad rock. I like Guns N' Roses, so. Yeah, it's hard not to get excited about the upcoming Jersey Jack pinball. When are we going to see it? Who the hell knows? But get those wallets out because... Uh, does anybody do that anymore? Everybody I get gets my a wallet out all the time. I got my iPhone. I'll do my Apple Pay. Thank you. Three percent upcharge. Screw you, buddy. <laughs> I look forward to seeing it. Uh, I know some stuff I'm not supposed to know. I know some stuff. And uh, ready for a CE. Deeper pinball. I don't know if I'm ready for one of those yet. New teaser has evolved and now shows the the green fist coming out of the the ground. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen that. Punchy, punch, punch. I do know this. TPN correspondent Chris Chandler said that it was like he was looking around when he was saying, he's like, "Uh, I can confirm that there is an event in September that I'll be at. I think he's showing up for TPN, isn't he? 
I think you're right. I forgot to get them swag. Damn it. They have a new hammer tested logo. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Oh! Don't worry about that. Made of wood. It's real sturdy. Oh, boy. Sorry about that. Look, it was good to meet you, but, uh, yeah. Chris Chandler said they are now soliciting for quotes from clear coat and play field apologists out there. Still throwing that sand in the eyes. Spooky Pinball announced that uh, on their recent podcast, I believe, or they insinuated that David Van S, the ongoing animation director over there uh, or lead, he's going to be the new title designer for the next Oh, that'd be interesting. And I can't leave you now, listener, without going through your Trends. Ooh, baby. I tried to do that sounding like Guns N' Roses' Axel, but it just sounded like a porno. Oh, sorry. Turning off this week, as you guessed it, Stern's Avengers Infinity Quest. And how couldn't it be? It's all the talk, it's all the chatter, it's all the sales. Particularly the premium LE models, because those things are like Cabbage Patch Kids on Christmas. If we had a physical location of where these things were developed and released, I guarantee you there would be at least seven fist fights over a bright yellow Avengers LE. You know I'm right. You know that I am right. Also trending out this week is the rumored GNR by JJP. ASAP is when we N-E-E-D it. I'm ready for it. But the teases are trickling out more and more here and there, but I am just so dying ready for this thing. My interested list is getting to the point where it's looking like Santa's naughty list. And every time I hear that music, every single time it gets me, email us at the pinballnetwork at gmail.com and let us know what your favorite Guns N' Roses song is. Maybe we'll report that next week for what it is. And hell with it, I'm in a good mood. Let's trend up more. Also trending up this week is the TPN Discord channel. Holy moly. This thing is so active and so fun and so behind the curtain that people are now actually trying to join TPN just to get into the Discord channel. Should I do a podcast? Maybe I'll do a podcast. Maybe I'll do a stream. Just a reminder to get yourself out there, record a podcast, do a stream, do a video show, send it to us, and uh, we'll likely get you in the mix of things. But it's hard to stay in the mix of things on selling your game before the new one comes out. I warned you on, I warned you on the GNR stuff with Data East. This one's a bit tricky to predict, but trending now this week is the original Avengers by Stern Pinball 2012. I'm sorry, people. Couldn't give you a heads up on this one. I didn't see this one coming, but if you got the original Avengers machine, you just lost a little money. Yep, numbers are already starting to fall on the original Avengers. Doesn't matter if it's the LE or the Pro. Pro probably is low enough that it's going to retain a little bit better uh, percentage-wise than the LE. But whew. now I will give a consideration to a blue Avengers LE that is for sale in Florida on Pinside. So Pinsider flags down in uh, Tampa. I got your back. It's one owner. Th- this thing is nice. I, I still like the looks and some of the play of this game. $5,200? Hell, I'll do it. Bye, bye, bye! For sure. So besides that one, all the other ones are dropping. Does that make sense? Who cares? Oh, you're hungry for those? That's fine. Let's jump into it. 
Here are your deals of the week. Bye, bye, bye. Deal of the week this week, Dennis, you're just going to love this one. It's a Walking Dead topper, and it's priced higher than it was new in box. This one, I think, is still actually in the box. I had two, one still in the box. This is from the uh, Miguel Ortega out of LA, California, and he's got it for $6.50. Sounds crazy, but it's a deal of the week for sure because they stopped making them. You can't find them. And anymore, I like just roughly think to myself that some of these toppers that they no longer make that people want, a la Ecto One Ghostbusters topper, a la Kiss topper a la Walking Dead topper. All of these that they don't make that are not readily available out there, just roughly put in your mind that these are now $1,000 toppers. So at $650, still the week. Bye, bye, bye. He says oboe. I bet you could I bet you could convince him $650 shipped, but he's going to get $650. He'd get $750. He's m- leaving money on the pinball t- m- machine. I don't like the table part. And I will give, speaking of toppers, I'm going to give a special consideration. What would have been a deal of the week, a special consideration here for a recently sold Batman 66 SLE topper. You can't buy those. Hell, I don't even know if they work with a premium code, but you can't buy it. I don't know why he was selling it. I do. He said he sold his game, so he didn't need the topper. Why the hell would you sell the game? That might be a smart thing, but he was selling it for $1,650. People, $1,650 for a topper, stern topper. And I would have considered that a deal of the week because you cannot buy that topper. That's that is very akin to the ship in the bottle topper. I would have paid $1,650 for that as well. I did message this individual and I said, I'll give you $1,500. Lowballed him a little bit just thinking if he's not getting any hits, eh, I'll store it. Nope, sold for $1,650. I missed out. That was a perusing pin up. What the? Yeah, let's do it. Deals up the. Are you shitting me? Oh my. These are dirty. The first one up on deals though, WTF is a Walking Dead Premium Ultimate Edition. Outside of New York City, it looks like Massapequa, Pequa, Massapequa, New York, by Bent98. Gonna be bent to be spending ten thousand dollars on a Walking Dead premium. Okay, it's pinball refinery. I overpaid on that. Fine. You got the topper. Great. The voodoo glass. I like it. Penn Stadium light. Sure. Color DMD. You betcha. And twenty million other things that he's added to this. Does it look good? Hell yeah, it looks good. Powder coat. It looks real good. Except for that translite. I just don't like that Hassan chop translite. I think it's hideous. But other than that, it looks good. Don't look $10,000 good, though. Sell, sell, sell. What the five, 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 five. Listen here, Bent. Mesopotamia. You can put feathers on a dog, but. But, 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 that, but, that don't make it a chicken. Come on. Man, 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 any, any more of these kind of lists. I'm going to send you to the ranch with Cush Me Outside, girl. How about that? Thank you, Dr. Phil. Uh, Thank you, Dr. Phil. Thank you. 
sometimes you make the right decision. Sometimes you make the decision right. Just like you and my dad once told me, boy, don't ever miss a good chance to shut up. Security. Uh, okay, you little smart ass shit. This ain't my first rodeo. All right, Phil. Okay. Another one of these head scratchers. Screw you, shill meanie. Security. Fuck. Phil's doing it again. Shill that thousand dollar topper bullshit. Topper apologist. What the hell's wrong with you? Another one of these head scratchers is. Oh, I don't want to report on this. This is a fellow dealer. All love here, Gap, but Great American Pinball on Pinside listed a South Park. $5,500. No, it doesn't have custom powder coat. No, I don't believe it has a color DMD. It's got side art. It's been shopped. It's got a working toilet with a poo inside. I'm sorry, I can't do it. No! This is ridiculous. $5,500. I think you missed the wrong key. 4,000 tops for a retail shop. South Park. No, don't do it to people. 5,500 The lights on the cabinet don't even look white. They look yellow. It's like somebody pissed in the snow. Pissed in the snow means no, no, no. Ladies and gentlemen, the most coveted segment in pinball podcasting. Thank you for listening to the pinball show's pinball market trends. Hulk edition. Ultimate edition. Fucking ultimate. Closing the shop down, Dennis. I had a good week. This was fun. Yeah. Too bad we were rushed. It's not rushed. It's Guns N' Roses. Or is it yeah. Led Zeppelin? Both Who of knows? which would do better than that. I thought it was thing. Toy Story. <laughs> yeah. I like oh I think God, People like up. my Randy Jesus. Newman. No, me. Oh, uh, where can they reach us at, Dennis? They can reach us at uh, the pinball network at gmail.com. You can always write in. Zach will read all your messages and maybe reply. Mm-hmm. And you can also reach Dennis over EGP. What's the email over there? Yeah. Eclectic Gamers Podcast at gmail.com. And you Twitch streamed this week. I did. I did early in the morning where no, no sane pinball person is up yet. <laughs> you can buy a brand new pinball machine from Flipping Out Pinball to help support Nicole and I. That would be greatly appreciated. We got some used machines as well as the Escalera Stair Climbing Hand Trucks. 812-457-9711. If you want on that rumored GNR interested list, call us. If you want on that rumored Led Zeppelin or whatever from Stern, call us. Messages. What about the Elvira Topper? Elvira Topper, boom, calls, messages. Zach, Z-A-C-H at flip the letter in out pinball.com. As well as straight down the middle of pinball show, I think, question mark. Oh, some really cool stuff coming. Uh, we're going to work with a company and do some promo stuff here soon. Hey, Ooh. Stay tuned. Last week on TPN, we had the final round reacting to the reactions of Avengers promo. Did you see that video? Very interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're so smart over there. Just another pinball podcast at another episode talking about Avengers, Silver Ball Chronicles, and Moving Units, Bally's Art Revolution. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the middle of that. TPN next week. Hopefully, we'll hear some puppet pals, but it, I Jeez, know. Jeez, we're supposed to release it like I'm, a month ago, I they're thought. Fucking divas now. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. They come out with one or two episodes, it shakes the entire pinball industry to the core. They put their shades on. And their fur coats, and now they can't be can't be talked to, or you can't directly look at them in the eye. It's a weird thing. 
We signed a contract. It is what it is. But the TPN affiliates will be streaming all week. Check them all out because they're killing it, and we're adding more people each and every day. But until next week, for Dennis Creasel, I'm Zach Manny. Remember that $1,000 toppers are okay if they're limited. <laughs> and I always practice safe pinball, and not in this lifetime, up. So long, everybody. Oh, Dennis, won't you please take me home? Make me a sandwich. Take me down to the paradise city where the grass is green and the girls are